what's up, everybody? Welcome to the X Button Podcast, dude. We're back, brother. We're back, dude. Uh, how's everybody doing? How's life? How's everything going? I know, I know. You're like, hey, episodes. What's taking so long? I'm back. Um, anyways, <clears throat> this app is fully dedicated. Uh, you know, these are these are rare occasions, but I'm going to try to spend the entire time talking about Mario and the Mario movie, uh, which had come out a week ago, I believe, at this point. Um, I wanted to do a somewhat in-depth review. I'll try to go as deep as I can, uh, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see. We'll see what I can touch on. Um, I'm trying to keep this spoiler-free, so if you guys are worried about spoilers, there should be no spoilers in this in this review. So you know, it's all good. Uh, but yeah, where do we start? You know, where do we begin? Where do we Where do we lead? Where do we go? Where do we go? Uh, let's just start off with this. I think when it comes to movies, when it comes to, or not movies, what the hell am I talking about? When it comes to Mario, <laughs> when it comes to Mario, um, my history with Mario is a little weird. So back in the day, and I, I've talked about this in the Memory Lane episodes, that's what they're called. Uh, first couple episodes of this podcast, if you guys are new here, um, they were called Memory Lane, and they were basically dedicated to me and my brother's past with video games, just to give an intro to the podcast and kind of be like, hey, this is what I know from gaming. Uh, so we went in depth and we went over like a bunch of different games. We went over a bunch of different experiences, a bunch of memories. And, uh, you know, it's very reflective. Um, one thing that I did realize in doing those, because, I, you know, I hindsight is a little bit more 2020, obviously. But, uh, you know, over the years, I saw myself more as like a hardcore gamer. Like I always wanted to play shooters and you know fighting games and you know i would play other stuff like lighthearted stuff like mario or little big planet or something you know all over the board basically but one thing that i noticed from those episodes was that i realized uh for lack of a better term that my first game that i really like fell in love with was super mario world and it wasn't even mine it was at my uncle's house <laughs> so like uh, it was one of those experiences where like we would go over my uncle's house and there would be like a cookout or something or there'd be a, a, a boxing match and my dad and all of them would just be drinking beer in there just watching the fights having you know men time whatever uh, me and my brother were basically just sit in the other room and play video games it, it went from like NES to Xbox to Dreamcast like to all these different consoles that they just had randomly had in this house and one of them was the Super Nintendo and that the games they had on there was Super Mario World and I think like one other game, but it it's not really memorable. But anyways, Super Mario World, I remember taking turns with my brother trying to play that, trying to beat it, trying to like get far in it. And I remember being very difficult at the time. I could probably get through it now because I'm a I'm a big strong man. But uh, I don't know. It it just it it was one of those things where like I wanted to consume all of it even though I was too young to like understand what I was doing or uh, obviously back in the day, it didn't really feel like you were playing something so legendary, so big. It was more just like, you know, I'm a dumb kid playing a game. So once I started to fully come into myself and like appreciate video games and start to uh, go into different lanes with video games where I was like collecting games, I was like diving deep into certain games. I was, I would play an entire series. I remember when they remastered 
uh, Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> uh, where they did, I guess it wasn't a remaster. Maybe it was. I don't know. I think it was just a re-release. Sorry. Uh, but it was basically re-released on the PS... I'm going to get the name wrong. PS2. It was a PS2. Um, and they had a triple pack with Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3. Uh, and then later down the line, they made like a big pack that had like every game. I still have that, actually. I don't even have a PS3, but I have that damn game because it comes with like an art book and stuff. Anyways, I digress. I digress. Damn it. Um, that was... You know, these are all moments that kind of made me who I am today. Like a lot of the a lot of the gaming moments that were kind of like defining me, slowly molding me into the person I am, into the things I love and appreciate. Uh, I think that really did a big number on me. So uh, the the weird thing and the reason I'm telling you guys about all of this is that throughout all this time, I forgot my love for Mario. Like I really. I would play some games. I would play, you know, over the years, I would play all the Smash games. I would play some Mario Sports games. You know, it, it was just weird. It was He was always there. I was like, whatever. So, um, <clears throat> another element um, of my upbringing was playing Game Boy and a game called Donkey Kong. And on Donkey Kong, who you play as, you play as Mario. And Donkey Kong is throwing barrels at you, taking the, the princess... Or whatever, the chick, the lady, who appears in the damn movie. It's not a spoiler. Uh, but I'm pretty sure she's in the movie. She was like a character in the background or some shit. And I was like, hey, that's the girl from uh, the cover of Donkey Kong. Anyways, um, so that game, <laughs> that game tested me. That was the first game I rage quit, in a way. Uh, I was playing on my, and I told this story on other episodes, I was playing behind my my couch. It was like the, I guess it was the 90s or late 90s, I don't know, early 2000s maybe. Uh, I would have to have a Game Boy, so maybe a little bit after 2000, because I know it, I was playing on a Game Boy uh, Light or Game Boy, you know, Pocket, whatever. So I was playing behind a couch. I don't know why I was behind a couch, but I was behind a couch, and I was just playing. And, uh, you know, that, 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 that. That kind of stuff. Um, I was just playing. The music was jamming. I was having fun. I was struggling through these levels. And I got so mad at a level. I died. I lost. I had been defeated. So I took my thumb, my little kid thumb, and pressed that screen as hard as I could. It was the the first time I've ever exhibited rage like that. It was the first time I've ever been that angry. And it was the first time I learned, hey, don't break your own stuff. Because that's not good. You'll have to replace it. And guess what? That Game Boy wasn't mine. That was my cousin's. So, yeah. Uh, I have no idea how they replaced it or what they did with it. But my cousin was visiting from Florida. And I destroyed it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. It was it was embarrassing to say the least. Obviously, I was a kid. So, at the time, I wasn't embarrassed. But talking about it now, it's a little embarrassing. But it's also like, again, these moments shape you. And that's what matters. So, I had run-ins very closely with Mario. I had run-ins, deep, deep run-ins with Donkey Kong uh, to where I was playing, like, Donkey Kong Country. And, you know, I remember playing that with my parents on the SNES and falling in love with it, appreciating the music as I get older uh, because you get the you get the little tune stuck in your head, you know, like the uh, aquatic theme or whatever it's called. And um, just even, like, the intro song. And then, you you know, you play other games like... Donkey Kong uh, 64. I remember that game was so difficult to like keep track of where I was going. You know, it's old video game design. <laughs> it's it's not as like handholdy today, which is a bad thing, but it also is a good thing. 
Um, I am able to, you know, not that I need it for everything. It's just more like games like that where I completed it or I, I didn't complete it, but I like, I got to a point where I was like, I don't know where to go. You know, it was, it was very like just good luck. And then it turned into look up some guide on a website. Then it turned into, you know, what we have today where like you can hit the guide button on PlayStation and get a guide or like a, a, a point in the right direction, or it'll just guide you. Um, that's a whole nother conversation we can have for another episode, but uh, it was a lot less handholdy back then. So, um, there was a lot of like trial and error and a lot of time spent with these games, more so than modern games to the point where like, you're not just playing a game. Like for instance, if you play for, for example, right. I played God of War Ragnarok and I loved it. It's a, it's a masterpiece. It's one of my favorite games, if not my favorite game. I love it. So don't get me wrong here, but it, it is definitely like, you're walking in a straight line, you know, logistically or kind of like you're, you're going in one direction. Uh, there are side missions there are open areas, but you are going in one direction for the most part. Um, and all that's fine to be honest. Like it's not a problem. My, my point here is that once I played that game, it's very hard to get sidetracked. Like once you're playing, you're kind of going, okay, I'm either doing side missions or main missions. You know, you just go straight forward. But on older games, without the the handholdy stuff, without the guides, some of the experience that you have is doing trial and error stuff, retrying stuff, restarting the entire game on some games, and working your way all the way back to the difficult part of the game that you you failed on, just to try again. Um, obviously, you had lives back then. There's like many different things that were kind of like you know it it was kind of was birthed from a arcade style setup, right? That's where games kind of originated. Uh, or modern gaming, gaming is kind of like pulled from a little bit. It's an aspect that is trickled over, and that's why when you play older games now, you kind of run into that thing where you're like, ah, I gotta, I gotta struggle a little bit or look up something immediately because uh, we're in the modern times. Anyways, um, but you spend a lot of time with these games, and that's what made them beautiful. That's what made them great. That's why people appreciate some of these games. Because like, damn, I remember struggling with this thing, and then going to school and somebody telling me the answer. You know, it was all like. You had to like talk to your friends and stuff, you know. It was a, uh, it was like mystical. You had to kind of like talk with people. Um, and anyways, I say all this to say, you spend a lot of time and appreciate these games. So in in my heart, I know that like after all these years, even though I didn't spend a lot of time with Mario, and I learned to grow to uh, absolutely like fall in love with like Donkey Kong's world and stuff, like everything about that. This movie, <laughs> yeah, this is a movie review, 10 minutes in. Uh, this movie is a love letter to start off. I, I guess it's it's a love letter to all the gamers all the way back to like the 80s where like, you know, Jumpman and all that stuff, I guess that might have been 70s, I'm not sure, uh, were originating, you know. Uh, I will say they they reference a lot in the game or the game, the movie where the everything, every scene, especially at the beginning is just like, there's references to everything. Uh, I'll tell you one reference. It's not going to be like, I'll tell you a couple of references, but they're not going to be crazy. Um, there are ones that are very obvious and not really like hidden. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, at the beginning of the thing, they are in a pizzeria called punch out pizzeria. And on the wall, there are a bunch of, Little Mac and you know uh, what is his name, Gabby J or Jabby Gabby J or some something like that. 
uh, all the basically all the the boxers from the you know the Punch Out series, um, and they have like other references too to other properties. Like he goes in his room and he plays Kid Icarus on his TV. Like you know, it's just there's references everywhere, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. That, those aren't spoilers. It's literally like that's in the first like five minutes of the movie. Every, there was a point where I leaned over to Steve, friend host of the show, where I was like, yo, dude, this, there's so much stuff, it's hard to keep track of what I'm watching. And that was like a slight problem at the beginning. I was like, I don't, there's a lot of like, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, like nonstop at the beginning where I'm just like, I'm not, I don't even know what's happening. Mario has a dad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was just weird. Um, but one thing that it does like kind of kick you off, kick, uh, what is it? Kick you off into is the idea that Mario in this world has a frame, like he has a uh, he has a social path, he has a storyline. It's you know he's he has a family, he has people that are looking out for him, and then once he gets actually pulled into like the the mushroom kingdom slash world, it's kind of just like. Obviously, that's where the fun begins. That's where all the stuff is happening. But he's trying to save the world. He's trying to save a lot of things. He's trying to save the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, there's different things that happen in this movie. I'm not going to spoil any of them. But it just seemed like um, there were times where it was banking on some of the nostalgia factor and not really focusing on the story. But I think those moments where they knew they packed a lot in there, I feel like the story was like, lightened a bit to where to the point where you're kind of like okay um i'm looking at like little mac on the wall or whatever but they're just in a pizzeria talking to a side character who's just like joking around with them like it wasn't really like a a impactful story you know what i'm saying so i I think the gist of this movie excuse me again was that it was just like a fun thrill ride it's kind of just like a especially if you enjoy like the old nintendo and i say nintendo not mario because nintendo is splattered through this movie. There's so much in it. And uh, Mario is kind of like a side character almost. Like the the main character, I would maybe say, could be Peach. You know, there's... there's it's um, it's all over the place. Like there, there's so many fun characters in the movie. You have Donkey Kong. You have his whole family. Like there's there's a the whole Donkey Kong universe in here pretty much. There is um, a lot of like Mario Kart references. There are... A lot of Mario references and a lot of like little knickknacks that you can kind of see or actions that they do that I will not spoil. That you're like, that's from the game. <laughs> that's what he does. That's what they do. Like, then they explain it in such a way that it seems understandable. For instance, like you're you're watching the movie, which is based on a video game. So you're like, okay, how are they gonna explain like power ups and death and all this stuff? And they don't really go into the death part, but they do lean into like this power-up system where you can get a power-up, but if you touch something that would kill you, it would, it would just like down, you know, it basically how it works in the game. They kind of made it to where like the power-up is not a, a not, not a way to, it's kind of like a way to cheat death in a way. So instead of dying, you can kind of go, Oh, blah, 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 you know, get smaller. Um, so I, I kind of appreciated that from like a story point, uh, story point, story standpoint, which, which was kind of nice. I, I, I'm just glad overall they kind of like leaned into it being a real story because there were, there were moments like I was saying where like there was so much nostalgic stuff going on. I'm like, maybe they don't care about the story. Maybe it just doesn't develop. 
you know, maybe it doesn't go anywhere, but it actually does. It does like at some point in the movie, maybe in like the halfway through the second act, it kind of goes like, okay, enough with most of the references. There's still a bunch after, but it's just like, all right, we'll kind of like, there's a story going on. We'll, we'll keep up with that and just like lean into it. Um, which is great, which is so great. And honestly, let's, let's talk about another thing. The voices, I was going into it very, um, cautious. I feel like the, the voices were, were great how they were done in the movie, but it was like, in my head going into it, I was like, Chris Pratt is Mario. It's going to be dumb. You know, Charlie Day as Luigi is going to be dumb. I just, I don't know. In my head, it would not work. Uh, Anna Taylor-Joy as Peach. I, it was all over the place. But seeing it in action and seeing how some of the voices sound sounded after a while, it, it was nowhere, nowhere near a struggle to get used to. Like, when I was watching it, Chris Pratt fell into Mario, you know, like, you know, smoothly it was just like okay this is mario like it's i i wasn't really sitting there go like wow that's chris pratt but i was in my head i think subconsciously looking for chris pratt in there so there were a lot of moments where i'm just like uh sounds a little too chris pratty but for the most part the overall you know what i got in it it was it was fine it was serviceable it was great like i i had no problem with it um luigi did great I think that might be one of the downsides of the movie is that he was very great. I really love Luigi, but they did not show him enough. I guess that's one way to put it. Uh, you don't really see a lot of him. You see him. You see him enough. Like he's in certain pivotal moments in the movie, but there is like a you know a good amount where you're just like, what's happening? Like where is he at? What's what's going on with him? Anyways, um, Peach is amazing. Anna Taylor-Joy does a really good job. I feel like she makes Peach believable. I also feel like another decision with Peach that I thought was kind of cool was like uh, they made her they made her actually believably badass in a way. And it didn't feel like that dumbass moment in Avengers Endgame where they're just like, how are you going to get through all that? She's got help. Da, 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 da. You know, like all the girls power up together. Like she actually felt like a, a strong protagonist who has goals, who wants to protect her kingdom. Like she actually felt like a serious character and not just like fodder to pander to certain crowds. It was just like, no, she was a character who's like badass. She runs her, her ship, you know what I'm saying? And she, she was doing it well. And her voice acting was great. So, like, I I loved her. Um, Bowser stole the show, probably. There's a lot of, like, a couple moments where he's singing. And I'm sure you might have seen, like, viral clips of it. He did amazing. I absolutely love Jack Black. And I feel like him as Bowser works so well. There's there, I think there's two in this movie. And I'll, I'll, go, I'll switch to the next one. Um, that did amazing. That, like, blew me, blew me out of the water. Blew it out of the water. Um, <laughs> blew me out of the water. What? Um, anyways... I think Jack Black did an amazing job. And I also think, weirdly enough, because I, I never really like his voice acting chops, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen as DK is perfect. I have no idea why. Don't ask me why. Quit asking me. I have no idea why. It's It works perfectly. His dumb laugh was like, <laughs> like that kind of, wow, that, that was gross. Um, that kind of stuff, like, it, it made it like a gorilla like he's just like that weird like guttural gorilla laugh you know it kind of worked um and obviously 
I'm a I'm a stand for Donkey Kong. So like everything with Donkey Kong, I was like, oh my god, you know, I was looking for characters in the background. It was just like everything about that whole thing was amazing. Um, but I love the dynamic between him and Mario in this movie. It's not how you kind of would assume. Maybe I don't know. Like I feel like their whole relationship is also a nod to like previous games, and I'm like, this is freaking awesome like it's so cool to see this kind of like interaction between these two big marvel or marvel basically marvel but nintendo characters and uh it seems like they're building more just from like the small little bits you get of donkey kong in this movie that it's going to lead to future films for sure um uh who else oh uh michael michael keegan michael keegan uh he did great as toad he he it was weird like his voice was so modulated that you maybe could have put anybody in that role but they you know they chose to do michael uh what's his name michael keegan key or whatever um he did great like everything about his character was great the way that's the thing i feel like every character in this movie has like care like they're they're actually they have like their own quirks and their unique personalities they don't feel like copy paste which sometimes in the games, obviously, they don't really have a lot of voice roles, so it's literally like a copy-paste thing with some of them in the modern games. So, outside of like maybe a little bit small abilities and stuff. So, to see them like shine this well makes me crave more. More. Makes me crave so much more. Um, so, what do you get from this movie? And in, in the like, some of the best ways I can put it, maybe? I don't know. It's It's a great movie for children, obviously. I feel like there's enough nods in there for any diehard like gamer, you know. I feel like uh, it it packs together so, a very like the story was good enough to like service the movie is my is my thing. Like it, it the story wasn't like something amazing, but you can definitely tell there's like so much open air in this world, and that's a big thing. You know, you watch certain movies. Uh, maybe if you watch like early Marvel movies before they had this universe. It felt very isolated. I mean, if you look at like the Spider-Man movies, it's just like, okay, you know, it's Spider-Man and Green Goblin and then, you know, the next movie, Spider-Man and Green Goblin, next movie, Spider-Man and Green Goblin, not Green Goblin, but, you know, James Franco was in like all of them, whatever, with Toby. It just felt like a very isolated story. This one was like, yo, we're in this big ass universe. We got to go see Peach over here. We got to go see Donkey Kong over here. What else can you hide in this world? What else can be accessed in this universe. So you start to see like there's so much potential here. And now that this is like the biggest animated opening in box office history now or something, it broke a record is like, this has so much more room for expandability. So I want everything. <laughs> I want an MCU with Nintendo. Give me, I, I was talking to my friends about like, yo, how sick would it be if they did another movie and they did Luigi's Mansion or some shit and then at the end of the movie, I don't know, this is a dumb example, but basically, you know, they pass out cards where they get invited to Smash and then they get to have a Smash movie, a Battle Royale style thing and ah, there could be there's so much potential here. And I want to see like Waluigi, I want to see Wario, I want to see I want to see so much so like this movie is special and I, and I, I say it like that because it's, it's brought out like so many emotions, like deep rooted memories in my head it brought it out of me, you know, it brought me back to childhood, uh, which a good animated movie made for kids should do. 
You know what I'm saying? It's not just going to be like, well, I, at least this is what an ideal Mario kid movie would look like. Um, instead of it being catered only to kids, they were able to cater to a wider audience, which is even better because at the end of the day, a lot of the fan base, the people who have switches and like, you know, Nintendo products, diehard fans, there's so many that are in their like twenties to thirties age range, as well as like the massive kid audience. Like they were able to hit all those ranges. And I feel like that's an important aspect. Um, I think on letterbox, I had rated this a five out of five, just to show my love. I think in a, on a five star scale, I would give it a five out of five. Uh, but on a 10 star scale or a 10 point scale, I would give it a nine. And this is, uh, this is a, you know, like a week and a half or so after, uh, letting it marinate a little bit. And I think I would say that, or is it a week? I don't even know if it's a week. I guess it is. It's almost a week. Um, I'm I'm letting it marinate a little bit because I I absolutely loved it and I really can't think of a lot of negatives but I I want to I want to keep it to where it's like like I feel like I know there's going to be more movies coming this is going to be this is just like the start of a universe so in my head I'm like holding back a little bit because I I know there's going to be more and if this leads to nowhere or if this leads to like straight to DVD movies or something, I, I don't know where it goes from here, even though it's one of the biggest box office things ever or whatever animated. So it's like, theoretically, there should be a ton of movies like this and there should be an NCU or like, you know, Nintendo Cinematic Universe. There should be this. This should be a thing. It would work great. But I don't know by the time you get to like a Wario movie, I don't know how many people are going to be going to theaters for that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, it all depends on like how they do it. Um, for instance, I, if I remember correctly, I don't think Sonic two did better than Sonic one, but I might be wrong, uh, in box office. Uh, so it, it hits a point where like some of these returns you would get in some of these animated movies can kind of be like quickly gone after a couple. And that's the thing I'm worried about with this series. I, I absolutely enjoyed it. And it's hard for me to tell another grown person to be like, Hey, I know you're an adult, but check out this Mario movie. You know, it's like, it's a family movie. Uh, I feel like a lot of people my age are into like more darker stuff, more real stuff, more things that they can relate to like taxes. Sorry. Um, but yeah, it's, it just seems like there is this adult part of me. That's just like, you know, whatever. It's just a, an, another animated movie. And then another part of me is like, that was the best ever. Cause the kid, uh, my kid version or whatever is going to be like, what the fuck? This is crazy. This is, this movie is amazing. Um, so all that being said, it's a 9 out of 10, maybe even a 10 out of 10. I'm not that picky on it. I just, in my head, I'm like, I'm worried about where it's going to go. And and that's reasonable. And I also think the movie itself from start to finish was great. But I also think that if you take out the nostalgic bits out of it and you don't know or relate to any of the nostalgic bits, I can see why you would maybe rate it lower than a 9 or, you know, or a 10, whatever. So that's understandable. And that's why, like, I'm not... I'm not too crazy on the review for it uh, in my head. My personal it's a 10 out of 10. I loved it, but to tell you guys what to expect and what to know, I don't think this movie's for everybody to put it plainly. And I don't think it's going to hit the same way for certain people. 
So me being a 30 year old, it hit all kinds of ways. Cause it's my favorite characters from the Mario universe. It's, it's in the Donkey Kong universe. Um, you know, it's all the musical themes, the scores have like little bits of the video game music built in. So crazy. They had the DK rap in here. That's a news article, not a spoiler. They had the DK rap from uh, Donkey Kong 64 in here. What the hell? It's insane. So yeah, for me, it hit all the notes for, for you guys. It might not, but all in all, it's a great movie. I recommend it to everybody. I'm just saying for everybody, it might not hit the same way. Um, cause if you watch the movie, you're like, all right, I don't know what punch out is. I don't know what this thing is. I don't know what that thing is. What's going on. They're just like walking through a town. You know what I mean? Um, it could be hit or miss, but overall it hit way hard for me. So, uh, yeah, go watch it. Go see it in theaters. Now go this weekend. Now, now, now go watch it. Uh, absolutely love it. Can't wait to see more. Hope they make more. We can speculate on that on, on another episode. And that has been the X button podcast. I appreciate you guys listening. I'm sorry if there was a little scrambled, but I did not have a guide for this. I kind of just wanted to like sit down and just like express my feelings, my love for this movie and, uh, put you guys on game a little bit. You know what I'm saying? No pun intended. Just like let you guys know what's happening in this movie. It's, it's awesome. And that's spoiler free. There's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. And they did some great things with the actual plot of the story. So like, you know, it's, it's more than just what I reviewed. So just go check it out. Um, have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic week. I'm not sure when my next episode will be. There will be a resident evil four review coming soon. Resident Evil 4 never dies, but I did start playing the Mercenaries mode recently. That's been fun, um, and I'm getting guests. I'm getting, you know, some questions together, some things put together, and we're gonna we're gonna pull that off at some point. So uh, thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you guys next time, and have a fantastic day. Bye.